0: All right, man, this is episode number 62 of the Cozy Corner of Cinema. This is being recorded on Monday, June 5th, 2023 at 3.45 p.m. I hope you all have been doing well. And with it being June, we are now officially halfway through the year. So now is a good time to reflect on what we've accomplished so far this year and what we choose to accomplish or what we want to accomplish in the upcoming months that we have. You know, nothing in this life is guaranteed. Days aren't guaranteed, months aren't guaranteed, you know. So you want to be really aware of what we're doing with our time, man, and whatever that may be. If you want to follow your artistic and creative endeavors or, you know, ultimately just leading life in the way that you want to, being around the people that you want to, you know. Look at me, forgetting to silence my phone. Always being unprofessional as always. Uh, Let's see here, man. So, yeah, with the year already halfway through, you know, if you're a creative type and you maybe you're working on your uh, screenplay or your novel or you're trying to direct your film or your painting or whatever, you know, your, your album or anything like that. You want to look at what you've accomplished so far up to today. Are you on a good track? Are you making good progress? Or are you kind of thinking to yourself, "Man, I really haven't been putting in the time that I really should have been." You know, we look at time in fragments of, uh, you know, categorized into certain uh, areas of days. Uh, you know, what we're what are we going to do today? Weeks. What are we going to do next week? Months. What do we have to accomplish this month? Year. And it's important to not take it for granted. You know, it's very easy to um, to forget of just how. Much time is not guaranteed, you know, and uh, it's all about just using the time that we have, doing the things that we want to do, working on our creative endeavors, our passions, and fulfilling our dreams to the best of our abilities, and just not giving up and not being distracted by just complete nonsense that's going to bring us down and make us unhappy. It ain't worth it, but one thing I wanted to mention at the forefront of the show and I want to pull this up here, actually, because I forgot to mention this two episodes ago. And here we go. Okay. So a couple episodes ago, I talked about the new film Blackberry, the new Matt Johnson film, which I liked a lot. It's one of my favorite films of the year so far. And I talked about this guy, this guy's YouTube channel, Mathias Random Stuff. There we go. Matthias Random Stuff, somebody who worked for R.I.M. back in the day, who uh, broke down the trailer, talked about the inaccuracies of it, and uh, but overall said he was going to watch it. Well, I wanted to mention that he recently posted a follow-up video to that, um, where he has since seen the film three times. He has been in contact with Matt Johnson, the director, and uh, so it was great to hear his thoughts on the film. He's very honest with it. He, he is... Uh, says his bias is up front and, uh, you know, it's, uh, he's fully aware that he may not be, he says that he may not be the best to talk about it since he, is, he was so involved with it, uh, but it is very much worth hearing his opinion on, and what's most interesting about that whole thing, about his whole talk, is that he has recorded an audio commentary on the film which I would love to listen to. Now, whether or not it will be on the physical release of the film, hopefully the film does get a Blu-ray, because as we've seen lately with new releases, that's definitely not guaranteed. I mean, even a physical release has not been guaranteed with certain titles lately. But hopefully we can get that commentary. I'd love to hear what he has to say, you know, scene by scene. But I will also link his follow-up video down below so you can give a listen to his opinions on the film. And I think BlackBerry might actually be on video on demand now, so you, if you are not within a vicinity of a theater to watch it, you can rent it from the comfort of your own home. Speaking of the cinema, I was talking to an acquaintance the other day, we were discussing the upcoming Oppenheimer by Christopher Nolan. I've mentioned on the show before, Christopher Nolan is one of my favorite filmmakers. I think he is the true torchbearer of contemporary theatrical cinema. He is uh, a real advocate for the theatrical experience, the importance of the theatrical experience. And we are discussing uh, his new film, Oppenheimer, because tickets had recently gone on sale. We were looking at the different formats that the film was going to be presented in. Um, ultimately, I bought two tickets to see it opening weekend. I On that Thursday, I'll be taking a trip to see it in an IMAX. And the important thing with an IMAX is there's an, there's an IMAX that is a sole building, and then there are the IMAXs that are attached to already cinema chains, such as Cinemark or AMC or I think Regal as well. I'm not exactly sure if they have IMAXs as well, but... I've noticed that the IMAXs attached to regular cinemas can be, are, are something more compact, something closer to a premium format um, experience. Whereas an IMAX on its own, or even an IMAX in a museum, which I've been to and I've seen photos of uh, IMAXs in museums. I mean, I went to one a long time ago and somewhere in New York and it was a truly incredible experience But I got tickets to see it that Thursday in IMAX. And then what I am most fascinated for is the 70mm projection of it in IMAX. Um, I was not aware that the previous few Christopher Nolan films, Tenet, Dunkirk, and Interstellar, all had 70mm IMAX projections at certain locations. Now, the 70mm IMAX projection of Oppenheimer is not at all IMAXs. You'll have to look on the list online. Only a handful of cinemas in the country are uh, have the ability to show it, and I was lucky to have one within driving distance, about uh, an hour and some change away. So, it, uh, you know, it's a good feeling. I, you know, you try not to hype yourself up for a film because you walk in and you have unrealistic expectations, but, you know, I, I have found myself almost entirely disinterested in the main mainstream theatrical Hollywood films of recent years, and while there have been certain exceptions, perhaps a film that I'm more aware of and wanting to make a priority than uh, something else, uh, more times than not, I have I have almost entirely strayed away from a uh, mainstream theatrical viewing. Not because I uh, dis you know, not because I have anything against it. Uh, I just noticed the lack of quality films that has been on my radar. I, uh, last few times I had been to the big cinema, the, uh, the, the trailers were nauseating. It was just truly uh, 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 just sound and, and noise and flashy uh, spectacle factory. There was no heart. There was no cinema there. It was all. It was all just headache-inducing and they all started to blend together and at this and at that point I just it was like uh, you step out of that you step out of those trailers man and it's like you like came down from like a hallucinate like a hallucinogenic ter- like ah, hallucinogenic kind of state where you're like what I don't even remember any that was all blurred to me man it's completely wild so you watch a film where you ha- actually is made by a filmmaker and has strong um, characters or a strong script i mean a film that i saw recently Uh, which I liked a lot, I didn't think was great, but it was such a refreshing film to see, was uh, the new film directed by Rebecca Zlatowski, uh, Other People's Children, starring Virginia Efira, who was actually in Paul Paul Verhoeven's uh Benedetta she played Benedetta in that and I did not even know that was her the entire time watching this and also Rashodi Gizem who looked familiar and I was like oh that's right he was in The Innocent which I talked about earlier this year which has been one of my favorite films of the year so far but I watched this film and it has it has its issues it's a little too long it gets a little repetitive and dips into a bit of melodrama at times. But I'm watching this film and I'm like, my God, there are moral conundrums. There are strong characters. There's strong writing. I am invested in the lives of these people. There is nothing nauseating about what I'm watching on screen, man. And you could be saying that's a shallow comparison. You're, you're comparing a character-driven drama to a Hollywood big-budget million-dollar film. And you would be right on that. But what I'm saying is that to not have to deal with the headache of these flashy, obnoxious films that provide no intellectual stimulation but are merely just there for amusement and nothing else, I just have gone completely numb on all of that, man. It's just something else. So it's important to surround yourself with good, stimulating art. And uh, it's like candy, you know? Candy's good, but if you only eat candy, you're gonna feel sick after a while. You gotta eat your vegetables, you gotta eat your greens, you gotta have meals, man. You gotta have meals for your mind, for your soul, for your body, man. Man, I tell you. Anyways, so I was, uh, I was recently watching Dunkirk on 4K and just forgot uh, how exceptionally directed of a film that is. It's, it's truly just a brilliantly, carefully crafted film. And I followed that up with Sam Mendez's 1917 from 2020. Or maybe it was 2019, I don't actually remember. And again, it's just a great feat of filmmaking. It's these filmmakers who are able to get these big budgets, but make really strong films as well, have really strong scripts. And you can actually see the filmmaker behind the camera crafting the, pro- crafting the art, I should say. And that's not a product. It's so refreshing... And it's just so nice, man. It truly, like, when I say, like, the cozy corner of cinema, it's films like these where you are truly embraced in the passion and the artistry of the cinema. Right. You know, there was a little while ago when I was <coughs> going to talk about this film, Testament, from 1983, I think. Let me pull this up here. That's right, 1983 directed by Lynn Littman written by Carol Amon and Joan no I'm sorry John sacred young got the cat right here he's trying to get in the way here what are you doing trying to record the show you gotta pauses for a second all right and uh that's right Testament 1983 now I had forgotten completely to talk about this a little while ago. One of those that every week there are titles that I write down that I just don't have the time to get to because I end up rambling about another film or other films before I can get to that one, that particular one. But this was one that I had streamed on Canopy. I think this has a... I'm pretty sure this is still on DVD. There's no Blu-ray of this. And I had just forgotten to talk about this. So recently I go ahead and watch... Uh, a more well-known film in this type of uh, subgenre of 80s films about the threat of a nuclear war. I had watched uh, the 1986 animated film When the Wind Blows, based off the novel by Mr. Raymond Briggs. I don't know if it was a novel or if it was a story. I think it might have just been a story. I'm not exactly sure. And I can't pull it up right now. But I watched that film. And then I remembered, oh yeah, I was going to talk about Testament. And I never did. Um, and I guess I'll briefly talk about When the Wind Blows as well. Which, will start a whole other conversation with other films that are always kind of associated in the same category. Um, what's interesting about this, this era, these films, is that I feel like of these, Testament is the one that has been left behind in a way. Whereas where uh, when the wind blows, threads and the day after are especially threads. I think are much more talked about. Um, now that could be in part due part that they all have received Blu-rays. Uh, threads and when the wind blows have have new Blu-rays from Severin Films and the day after has a Blu-ray from Kino. And the fella, that's right, Nicholas Meyer directed it the day after. I believe this was a TV movie. Nicholas Meyer also did Star Trek II, Star Trek VI, and Star Trek IV, generally seen as the strongest of the original. Okay, he did not do Star Trek IV. I apologize. He wrote Star Trek IV. Look at that. But he directed... Two and six. Anyways. Moving on from there. Uh, Testament, 1983. Oh, I didn't even talk about When the Wind Blows. When the Wind Blows. Um, you know, I had, see, I, I had seen so much of it before that, you know, it's one of these films that is always kind of put on these disturbing movies lists, especially these dark animated films lists, you know? I mean, it's, an, uh, it's one of these films that is an animated film at a time when I would imagine that a lot of animation and a lot of animated features are less categorized into ones made for adults and ones made for kids. Whereas you just see it's an animated film, so it has to be for kids. I can only imagine the reaction that some people probably had when they rented a Ralph Bakshi film, for example. One of his films that is like... Uh... Fritz the Cat, or Heavy Traffic. I don't remember, I think Wizards was a little adult as well, had some swastikas in that film. Wizards, by the way, very good film. Actually, all of them are very good films. I'm a big Ralph Bakshi fan. But when the wind blows, the stars Peggy Ashcroft and John Mills, they play an old married couple. They're they're two elderly people. And uh, this is based on, like I said, it's based on the story, based on some real uh, uh, real life kind of precautions that Britain was taking in the early 80s about the threat of a nuclear war. So there's the whole protect and survive kind of um, video. That would teach you that that was supposed to be playing on TV at all times if a bomb dropped. Essentially, there are uh, parts in the film where they base that off of the actual Protect and Survive um, video. I don't even know if they actually reference Protect and Survive in this or not. But I believe that actually one of the features is the full 40-minute Protect and Survive video, which you can find on YouTube as well. But in it, it says, for example, to uh, wrap yourself up in bags to prevent something to do with radiation or something along those lines. But essentially, it's putting yourself in a body bag. And they reference that in the film. They reference creating a door as like a fort in a way and putting uh, barricading it. You know, the pesky uh, bomb will never think to look under that door. Where the hell are they? We can't find it. You know, acts if a bomb can talk. But it is a good film. It's one that I, uh, it was surprising, where even though I'd known most of the film, knew the outcome, I was still engaged with it, almost completely thoroughly. It has a bit of a slow start, much in the same way that Threads does, where it's almost, uh, unsuspecting when it actually happens. You know it's gonna happen, but when it does happen, it still is shocking more so in a film like threads a much darker film a much more adult film a much more nihilistic film but what that film does so brilliantly is really puts your guard down puts your guard down you know there's going to be something involving a nuclear bomb dropping when is it going to happen and you're watching the film watching the film watching these people's lives almost kind of a uh, fly on the wall if you will you know not quite cinema verite because it still does feel scripted, but it's taking its time. So when it does that that real like hit, then it really shifts into something increasingly and sharply more nihilistic as it should. Both of these films are definitely worth your time, especially Threads. I have not seen The Day After yet, and I have not seen The War Game, which I believe is a 40-minute film, also from Britain x right. directed and written by Peter Watkins now that name sounds familiar what else has he done i supposed to be talking about Testament and here I am going on this <gasps> tirade of other films what else has he done uh nothing I've seen okay well that about settles that Testament 1983 this is an American film made a few years before when the wind blows uh what year was Threads 84, made before Threads. This got the jump on all these, man. They were talking about this kind of stuff before Protect and Survive in Britain. Now, this film does not reference Protect and Survive at all. But this film, I think, has something of a tone between Threads and When the Wind Blows. But of all three of the films, I would say that I think this has the strongest characters of any of them, which inherently is an unfair thing to say. Threads is not about the characters. It's about the characters' lives and how the aftermath is affecting them. What are you really living for? What threads of life is there? And When the Wind Blows is only two characters, but this film, you have Jane Alexander. She plays his mom, Carol. She has these kids. And like the other films, there's a build-up where it's almost unsuspecting. There's talk in the town. The town's folks are talking about this bomb that's going to come. Supposedly, they're trying to calm themselves. They're going, that's not going to happen, man. This is ridiculous. This is all hype. This is all fear. This is is nonsense. Including two early roles by one Kevin Costner and one Rebecca de Mornay, who I think they may actually play lovers in the film. I don't remember. I'm going off of months of not seeing this film, so some of the details I may get incorrect, but I wanted to make a point to at least bring the film up. But I think what the film does really strongly is that it is a dour film, and it is, there's not a light way that this film, any of these films, treat the subject. I mean, it's truly an end of the world, the kind of Idea, which I'm sure at that time was very. It seemed to be. You know, watch these films and think that's actually what's going to happen. But because we follow primarily Jane Alexander, we see the film through her eyes. She is struggling to keep the family afloat. She is struggling with the food in the house. She is struggling with the kids. She is struggling to even live. And I think what's interesting about this film is that it doesn't revel in the nihilism. The film gets very dark at times, and includes deaths of characters that maybe you wouldn't expect. But it's almost poetic in a way, what the film does. It has this narration at times. I think, it may be, I think it may end with the narration, actually. Kind of just talking about an ambiguity of life, of where do you really go in a situation like this. To quote the... Uh, Hills Have Eyes tagline, the lucky ones died first, essentially. You're at that point now where, how much longer can you really hold on hope for? Even in a film like Threads, when it gets to that third act, without spoiling it, you really wonder, is this what you're holding on for? Is this much of a life to have? If any. Now, with this film, there's that damn squeaky chair. Good guy. It's very low-key. It happens, and then a lot of the film is really in this house with this family. With Jane Alexander's character, the struggles that she goes through, but still having to keep a brave face in the eyes of a horrible tragedy. And this film feels a little more lower-budgeted than something like Threads, because even at times after the bomb drops, so to say, and the characters go outside, you know, we see Threads as a complete desolate wasteland where it is just ash and rubble and gray. This film feels a little more... What's the word I'm looking for? It feels a little more limited in what it can do or what it can show. And you wonder, would it be better for them to have just stayed in the house and made it a one-location film? And I don't think so. I think that what this film does so well is while it doesn't or couldn't show the physical effects of the streets, of buildings, of all that, it still has this very, very gloomy gloomy feeling in the air. There's one part of this film that I really love, and I won't spoil it because it is a spoiler, of course, but it's when Carol goes to talk to another character in the street and asks, well, what happened to that character? And the way that the other character delivers that that character has died, it's incredibly powerful. It's in the way that what Threads does, I know I shouldn't even be comparing it to Threads, but I'm only talking about that because I haven't talked about Threads, and I figured we're on the topic of nuclear war films, so why not? We'll talk about both. But what Threads does so well is that you have those characters in the film that we follow for a little bit, and you forget all about them. And then when we come back to it, the way that it's directed is so powerfully done. And it's so emotional without reveling in it. It's just brilliant stuff, man. Testament, right now, is available on Canopy. Apparently it's available on Paramount Plus as well, which I was not aware of. But it's a film that... There was a brief period of time when I was interested in that whole time period of the nuclear war phobia, fear, if you will. I should say, I should reverse that, fear, phobia, if you will. And being attracted to these depictions of what could or couldn't happen. It's all fascinating. But Testament is absolutely worth your time and has one of the best taglines, one of the most chilling taglines of any film. They never had a chance to see their children grow up, to watch each other grow old, to fix up the house, to take that vacation, because it only took an instant to shatter their dreams. And a brilliant poster of Grey. Incredible film. I don't remember if I saw this this saw it this year or last year, but it's definitely one of the best films I've seen of recent memory. And I am shocked that I hadn't talked about this earlier. Testament I recommend, Threads I recommend, When the Wind Blows I recommend, and I still need to see The Day After and The War Game. So I do have to cut it a little bit early. Looks like my time is a little limited here, and I unfortunately have to cut this a little bit early. So I'm going to leave that right there, unfortunately on a dour note with those films, but all completely worth your time and a great glimpse into that time period and these feelings. All right, guys, I'll be back later this week for the next episode. You take care. Like I said, be aware of the time that we have. Be aware of your creative endeavors and how you want to pursue them, and don't waste the time you got because nothing is guaranteed. All right, you guys take care, all right?